I was praying. We uh, finished my garden a couple weeks ago, and um, I really enjoyed my garden series. I was actually going to start a series called Welcome to the Jungle, but it's a Guns N' Roses song, so I said, nah, I'm just not going to go there. And uh, I know everyone's going to be thinking that song in their head now. I'm sorry if you know it, and I apologize. So what God put on my heart to is my new theme, going to going forward for a little bit, is called In the Beginning. Turn to your neighbor and say, In the Beginning. And how many of us know that the beginning of life is really, really important? But how many of us also know, I don't know, have any of you ever heard of Albert Pujols before? Anybody ever heard of that guy who is now a, thank you. He's now in blue, right? This is what Albert Pujols says. He says, it's not how you start the season, but it's how you finish. If you're brave enough to start, you're strong enough to finish. And how many of us have heard through our 20, 30 years of living that, that it's not how we start, right? It's how we finish, right? And then we have to finish. Even Apostle Paul said, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And I, and I want to pause for a second and just think about what he said in this. Think about a man who was raised very religious. He was strong, he was a zealot, and he was, he was a zealot for the law for the Bible, but for the law and the rules, right? And he, he did not even, even through, even though he loved God, he didn't see murdering Christians as a problem. He was so zealous for God's law that he would kill anyone because he felt that Christians were wrong. Until, what happened? God knocked him off his horse, right? That's why you have to be careful. You go against Christians, God's gonna knock you off your horse. But for a man who wanted to kill and destroy and hurt people, God used this man to change the world, Apostle Paul. And he said, I have fought the good fight. How many of us understand that as a Christian, we are fighting a good fight? The, the life and all the good things in life are worth fighting for. And Paul says, listen, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. From the point that he got saved on, he could say, I have fought hard. I've given my everything. For a man who was shipwrecked, a man who was beaten, a man who was stoned with rocks, this man went through hell just to deliver the message to one more person. What did he say? I have remained faithful. And so many of us know that in life, it's, it's not how we start, but it is how we finish. The finishing the race to get to the end, to be faithful to God to the very end, it is so important. To know that we must finish strong. To finish the race that God has set before us, it is so important. To finish everything. C.S. Lewis said, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. For every situation, for every relationship, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and you can change the ending. All these quotes, most of us have heard many of these quotes. We must finish strong. Like Albert Pujols, it's not how we start the season, but it's how we finish. We're going to finish on top. We're going to win. But today and in this theme, it's not about how we finish, but it's understanding our beginning. See, because for many of us, we understand that when we were born, you know, we came out a beautiful, wonderful, adorable, all of us are cute and adorable, Right? Where we were when we were born. Maybe not now, but we were back then. Some of us still are, but we were born. 
And then after we were born, what did we start doing? We started aging immediately and growing up. We live life through the journey, which has brought us to this point. We've been through the process. We've been through highs. We've been through lows. And at one day, and we don't know when God calls our number, we will be finished. The challenge is, even though we're gone through the journey, even though we're growing up, and even though we're in the process, most of our process, it's messed up. And why is it messed up? Because we don't have a clear understanding of our beginning. And in order to finish well, we need to understand our beginning. You know, many times what happens in a race, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been in a race, but if you're in a race and you notice someone running faster than you, what do you want to do? You want to hit yourself in the butt and you want to go a little bit faster so you can kick that person, right? You want to knock them over so that they fall down and so that you can win the race. And that's what I would do, but I don't know about you. But some of us, I mean, you see it all in the movies. Come on, I'm not the only one who's competitive like that, right? I'm sure there's a few other competitors who are a little dirty. You do what it takes to win, right? It's cheating. But you know what happens in this race that we're running? Some of us don't like our race. And so you know what we do? We say, God, I'm going to change lanes. Some of us don't like the way that it's going and the outcome. And so, you know, what do we do? We say, I am uprooting myself. And if, if we even just went back to imaginary in my garden for a second, if we don't like the garden that we're in, what do we do? We want to uproot ourselves and plant it in some other garden. And a lot of times it is because what God has given you, it's beautiful and amazing. What you have right in front of you, it is the best of the best. But many times we don't understand what we have. And so to understand what we have, we start a new theme, which is called In the Beginning. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's in the beginning. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 1 this morning. Genesis 1, starting in verse 1. And it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the very first day. In the beginning, if you look up that word in the Hebrew, that word means the first, it's a place, it's a time, there's an order or a rank, there is a principle. And so as we start this theme in the beginning, it's very, very important to understand every place has a beginning. Every moment has a beginning, every season has a beginning. And it is a place and it's a time that is set in place, an order of rank which God has given to us. Just like in the very, very, very beginning. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if any person who is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh has become new. One of the greatest beginnings that we have is the day that we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. One of the greatest beginnings that we have as people is the day that we ask Jesus Christ into our heart and we confess him as Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. And in that moment, Paul describes us as becoming a completely new person. If you don't like who you are, that's great because you know what? God's going to make you better. If you don't like who you were, if you don't like what you did, it's okay because God forgives you and you start tomorrow all over again, right? Every day is a new day. Every day has a new beginning. Every day we get to grow into this new person. 
that God has called us to be. And if you think about being born again for a second, if you think about asking God into your life and you think about becoming saved and becoming a new person, a completely new, how many of us really did come completely new the day that we asked Jesus? Many people do change. There, there are sometimes some radical and amazing conversions. But for some people, they get saved and then it takes 45 years to become a better version of you. Right? If any of you are stubborn like me, yes, I'm stubborn. It takes me sometimes a long time to change. But if you were to evaluate, not me, because God hasn't put you here to evaluate me. He's put you to evaluate you. How have you done growing as a Christian? How have you grown? Have you accepted? At the moment you accepted, how have you grown? Have you pushed and have you pressed and have you given everything to be this new creation, this brand new person? How many of us, when we were little and running around in diapers, we couldn't wait to get out of diapers, right, and go potty on our own? That was a big day, right? How many of us remember going to Sunday school? And it's like, I can't wait to get to junior high. And then junior high is, I can't wait to get to high school. And then high school is, I can't wait to get to college. How many of us in our physical nature, we keep pushing and pressing to grow, grow, grow until you get to be 30 and it's like, okay, slow down. Slow down. No more gray hairs, please. I learned the hard way. You know, when I, like 15 years ago, started plucking my, my goatee, I didn't realize that by plucking out the gray hairs, it would cause more to grow. So if you're, if you're not at that point yet, I just want to encourage you, don't pluck the gray, okay? Because the gray will come back and take over. Watch out for the gray. But in our flesh, we've all learned to grow and become adults. There's all things as adults that we've learned that we like and enjoy that we move. But as a Christian, as a believer, how have you grown as a believer? Because that's how God wants to evaluate ourselves. We don't walk in the flesh, we walk in the spirit, right? So God wants to, us to evaluate our own selves and the growing process of being a new creature. In the beginning, when we got saved, how have we grown? How have people looked at our lives and said, wow, something's changed in you, something's different in you. You were different. You look better than you did last year, even though you're aging. How is it that when people evaluate us, what do they see? It says in the beginning that the Spirit of God was there. And the Spirit of God is one of those things where we don't talk enough about the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, the very, very, very beginning, the Spirit of God was there and He was hovering over the waters. The Holy Spirit described so full of movement and so, so full of flow. John 3.8 says that the wind blows wherever it wills. And though you hear it sound, you neither know where it comes from nor where it is going. It is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. In the beginning, what was the very first thing that is acknowledged here? The Holy Spirit is moving and blowing. What is in our beginning of every new day? What is the most important thing that all of us need as Christians in our growth? We must have the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. You can't tell like the wind where it's blowing, where it's coming from, but it is there. We must have the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit of God that Paul said it raised Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit that will raise and bring life to all of us, the Holy Spirit. There was a book I read when I first got saved, and it was Good Morning, Holy Spirit. What's wrong with waking up and saying, Good morning, Holy Spirit. I need your help today. 
Holy Spirit, I'm going to need your help to face every single thing that I'm going to face today. Every single situation, every person, every bill, everything that I got to do today. Holy Spirit, first thing that I do, even before I brush and get rid of that stinky breath, right? Very first thing I do is, Holy Spirit, good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being with me today. Go with me today. The Holy Spirit is a vital piece of our beginning. God said, let there be light, which is illumination, like a lightning, like a bolt of lightning. Happiness, bright, clear, a day and light. We know that Jesus described himself in John 8, 12. He said he addressed the crowd. He said, I am the light of the world and who follows me will not be walking in the dark, but will have the light which leads to life. The very first thing that God did in the beginning is he created light and illumination. Jesus, when he was here, one of the ways he described himself is, I am the light of the world. I am the illumination of the world. I am the giver of truth, the truth that sets people free, the truth that sets every single person free. And if you follow that light, he says, it will lead you to life. And I like what Jesus or what God did next in the beginning. He separated the light from the darkness. He separated light from darkness. You know, in life, one of the hardest things that we have to do is learning how to be separated. God is believers and God is Christians. He has not called us to be friends with the whole entire world. He's called us to preach to the whole entire world, but not be friends with the whole entire world. 2 Corinthians 6.16 says, What agreement can there be between a temple of God and idols? We are the temple of the living God. Even as God said, I dwell in and with and among them and will walk in and with them and among them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Touch not any unclean thing. I will receive you kindly and treat you with favor. In the beginning... As we're seeing light and illumination, what did God do? He created separation. In your beginning as a Christian, have you learned how to separate yourself from what is not good for you? It's a beautiful thing to have 35 million friends, but not every friend is good for you. It is good to be friendly and it's good to be nice, but I am telling you, some friends hurt us more than they help us. There are so many people that, that we don't even understand that, you know what, they're demons that are on them. They latch to you every single time you hang around them. If God created separation, if God separated light from darkness, he's asking you to separate yourself. As a believer, you have to know how to walk and talk. One of, the, one of the weirdest things to me, and I'm not special by any means. Just like Joel said, they clap louder for him than me. And that's great. But when I got saved, I learned that cussing was just really not cool anymore. But I can't tell you how many Christians I still hear cuss today. And I'm not perfect by any means. I am not perfect. But I can tell you that there are Christian men who they converse about things that they should not be talking about. When I gave my life to God and I started a new beginning. Now most of us, ladies, think about this for a second. Most of us, when I'm talking about cussing, would say, well, it slips once in a while, right? And it does. I understand that. It does slip once in a while, especially if you're married, right? Just kidding. <laughs> or have kids. Sometimes we do. 
But if you say to yourself, that cussing's okay when I'm mad. God understands I need to cuss. Do you as a lady, do you say that to your husband if he is checking out another lady? You say, hey, he's just a man, it's okay. That's not acceptable to you, right? Right? Am I right, ladies? Is it acceptable for your man to be checking out other ladies? Hell no. Right? So you need to understand something. If there's certain things that are acceptable, not acceptable, you can't have it that way. God draws a black line, right? And as a new person, as a new creation, that means it has changed everything that we say and do. It should change the way that we walk, talk, and dress. Everywhere that we go, everything that we do, we put on the new nature of Jesus Christ so that our greatest thing that we do is we be example for the God that we know and serve. That we be example by the way that we're talking, by the way that we're walking, by the clothes that we wear. It doesn't have to be Christian t-shirts, by every single thing that we do. He's asking in your new nature that you set the example. If your friends don't set the example, who cares? You set the example in your house, in your home, everywhere you go. And again, I'm not perfect. We all do. But I know what God's asking me to do. And do I strive for it? Heck yes. And he's asking you with all that's within you that you give this new nature, this new person in this new beginning every single day in your walk. You're all. Guys at work talking about chicks. It's not cool. But a lot of Christian men do it. Girls, I'm not sure what you talk about because I'm not one of them. But I'm sure once in a while you mention things that you shouldn't. Maybe you talk about us guys, but probably only good things, right? In your speech around every single person, God is asking you to be the new person that he made you to be. And he's asking you to be guarded and he's asking you to separate yourself from conversations, from people, from pictures, maybe from technology, whatever it may be that you need to separate yourself from. And it's not time to start thinking, well, I know what that person needs to stop doing. This is your moment, not mine, right? We all have our own moments of growth. But it's a moment to say, not thinking about anybody else. It's where's my growth going? Where do I need to separate myself? In the very beginning, what is the second thing that God did? He separated light from darkness. Every dark area of your life, every dark area that surrounds you, you need to separate yourself from. And then God goes on to say that he created us in his image. We read this a few weeks ago. I'm just going to re read one part. He said, let God make us, make human beings in our image to be like ourselves. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds, the sky, like the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created us. For our very, very, very beginning... God created us in his image. Notice how he mentioned men are her heroic, right? Did you catch that? Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> we are heroic men, right? So we just remind ourselves we are heroic, yes. Every day, right? Every day we remind ourselves we are heroic. But the second thing describes such a beautiful beginning of life. Such a beautiful beginning. Do we, do we even understand the miracle of just being alive in this moment. 
Do we get the miracle that God put together? He did not want, no offense, but 50 Joels. There could only be one, right? There couldn't be 100 Sammies. Good Lord, there could only be one, right? Every one of us, we may look a little similar. Sometimes we may sound a little similar. But he made us so different and so unique. Do we see the miracle in how God formed us? I love how St. Augustine painted that picture. So many people, they waste their entire life doing what? Looking at everything else but not understanding what they have right here. You know, this morning we have a world that are still doing the same things. They want to travel the world. They want to go and get the best job and make millions of dollars. They're setting out to tackle all of this stuff because in their mind, the flesh, teachers, government, family has trained us in the flesh. We must spend so much time and energy on everything outside. We must spend so much time doing what? Building a name for ourselves. That's not what God put you here to do. As a new creation, as a new beginning in him, he's called you to build a kingdom for him. The greatest thing that you can do is build the kingdom of God and what he's put you here to do. Psalms 139.13 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's room. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And most of us know, yes, we are really complex at times. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. And every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out, even before a single day had passed. You are a walking miracle this morning. But what happens for a lot of us, many of us, as we get caught up on life and everything that happens on the outside, we neglect the miracle that we have on the inside. And then secondly, it's just a natural thing that happens. You neglect the miracles of everybody else around you. We do. That's how we're brought up. That's how we're trained. That's through the TV. That's through social media. That's through the government. That's through teachers and friends all trying to do the same thing. They're trying to stop you from looking within to see the miracles in which God has given you inside. You are an amazing, beautiful, handsome person that God has made you, that God has put you together, that God, it says right here, he's written out your whole entire life. Yes, you're going to make your own choices, but he knows your beginning all the way to the very end. God wants us to stop today and see the miracle of life that he has given to us. Because if we don't see the miracle that's within us, then we're not going to see the miracle that sits next to us. And you're not going to see the miracle of the person who's next to you and two rows down. And you're not going to see the miracle of people in general. One of the greatest things that we have together when we come together and have church is to see every single walking miracle that God brings through our doors. St. Augustine said, God is always trying to give us good things but our hands are too full to receive. How many of us spend hours praying, yet nothing's happened? How many of us wanting, we, we think we're praying, but we never really do, but we're just wanting God to answer. Mr. Dottillo, man, you look good over there in the corner. I didn't see you. Hallelujah, man. 
I know, that curse is sharp. God is always trying to give us good things, but our hands are too full to receive. How busy are we this morning? We want God to answer prayers. We want healing. We want provision. We want this. We want all the good things. But yet have we made our lives so full that we're not willing to hear and to receive what he truly has for us. St. Augustine, one more. To fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek him is the greatest adventure. And to find him is the greatest human achievement. Just kidding, one more. You have made us for yourself, O oh Lord, and your hearts and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. God has given us a beautiful opportunity. And it started where? It started in the beginning. And for many of us, we wanted to grow up so fast. Even as Christians, there were so many things that we missed along the way that happened in the beginning. Don't let, don't let another day pass by. Don't let what the world says, friends say. Don't let what the government says, even though we love your government. Don't let what the IRS, don't let what this person, this for dictate your life. You need to let God alone dictate who you are. The miracle, the walking miracle that God has made in you. Please stand with me. We're going to wrap up this morning. Worship team, you can make your way on up here as we're going to close in a song. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 says this. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And as we close this morning, as we wrap up, I just have a question. Because I know if you're anything like me, I know that we spend a lot of time and energy on life. I know that we spend a lot of time and energy on living and work. Because work is demanding and bosses are stinky, literally, right? I know that all of us, we spend so much energy and so much time abroad and looking and seeking and this and that and the other. But yet, how many of us are just taking time? to love God today with all of our heart, mind, and soul. I mean, that's today taking time to understand. I have a new beginning today, and the new beginning that God wants me to start with is loving him with all that I have. If there's one thing that God wants you to do this morning, to love him and to honor him, and then to love everyone the same. Let's pray. As we pray and our eyes are closed this morning, St. Augustine said, you made us for yourself. You made us, God, for yourself. And honestly, how many of us this morning with our eyes closed would admit, even though God made us for him, we're not really fully living for him like we could. Our hearts are restless until they rest in you. There's many restless hearts. There's many restless hearts and we can blame and we can point. But honestly, at the end of the day, everything is pointing back to your own relationship with God. 
at the end of the day, no matter how restless you get, no matter how restless we get, no matter how many bad things are happening in the world, no matter how many bombs and wars and no matter how many, you know, failed this and failed that and failed this, no matter everything that's happening in the world, everything that is causing your restlessness, at the end of the day, God's not asking you to look around. He's just asking you to look up. He's just asking you to look up. The greatest thing that we need to do is understand that in the beginning, God has given us life. And accepting that and accepting him every single day in the beginning. Today's a new day. Today's a new beginning. What will we do with today? What will you do with your day? What will you do with the rest of the day?